بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اكثروا ذكر هزم اللذات يعني الموت رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن ابو هريره رضي الله تعالى نريت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said abundantly remember the crusher or the destroyer of all pleasures that is mort death this hadith we began the discussion yesterday one or two important points we find that the amal or the action that is advocated in this hadith where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam exhorts us to be constantly conscious of our mort and our death as we mention our kabirin for example ma ibrahim devla sahab down barakatu he says it does not mean a hadith like this that exhort us to remember death does not mean that you take a tasbih and remind yourself constantly that you are going to die but the underlying meaning of this is that we prepare for mort we prepare for death we do not become so engaged or so involved in worldly pursuits in the pursuits of this dunya that as is more often the case than not they tend to make us oblivious or ghafil or negligent of the fact that our mort our qabr our akhirat constantly is coming closer and closer and closer this action that is advocated in this hadith to contemplate death to discuss about mort and death to visualize the fact that we are going to die to constantly visit the qabristan etc find that this is something that if you look in the lives of our salaf salihin our pious predecessors this was something that was very very common they would constantly in fact some of them would advocate that on a daily basis particularly before you go to sleep at night take out a few minutes close your eyes divest your mind and your heart of all other thoughts and considerations and take that few minutes to visualize your mort and your death and to remind yourself because you find that this amal of constantly especially one is when we contemplate or we discuss but especially visualizing mort and death which is an absolute reality it's an inescapable reality Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran wa'bud rabbaka hatta ya'tiyaka al-yaqeen Allah says worship your rabb until yaqeen comes the word yaqeen means the absolute certainty that which you can't deny that which no one can deny and ulama mufassirin say the word yaqeen in the Quran absolute certainty conviction is refers to al-mawt to death this is the inescapable reality and yet the sad truth of the matter or the irony is that most of us are in denial we are not constantly preparing so coming back to what we were saying ulama ikram say that when the most effective form is to actually visualize your mort and we find that whole whole kitabs have been written the khanka was a sheikh rahmatullah alay in the, particularly in the month of ramadan daily from the kitab mort ki yaad the remembrance of mort and death a little excerpt would be recited and this is something that our salaf salihin used to advocate 
that keep reminding yourself of death. Visualize your mort. Why? Because there are great benefits in this. Amongst the benefits which ulama ikram have enumerated is one is that it causes us to constantly make preparation for mort and death. The second great benefit of constantly reminding ourselves and thinking and visualizing our mort and death is that ulama ikram say that it removes the love of the fleeting world from the heart. The love of dunya, the entrapment of dunya. Third benefit which is mentioned is that it encourages good deeds. If a person is conscious of his mort and death, then he will not delay in doing good deeds, in striving towards the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fourth benefit of constantly visualizing, remembering our mort and our death is that it encourages tawbah. It encourages repentance because more often than not when it comes to sins, there are two types of sins. One is the sin which a person inadvertently commits. And the other is more dangerous than that is that sin which has become a habit, which has become a part of our lives, which we are doing all the time. When it comes to those type of sins, a person who is not conscious of his mort and death will keep delaying the tawbah. I'm going to reform, I'm going to change, inshallah. Allah give me the strength, I'm going to change. But we keep delaying that. Why? Because we are not conscious of our mort and our death. So particularly those type of sins which have become ingrained, become part of our nature, when we are constantly reminding ourselves of mort and death, we will get encouraged to make tawbah, to turn in repentance, to change our lives to give up those type of sins that have become a part of our lives. And another very, very great benefit of visualizing, of actually in our minds picturing the great, great hurdles that lie ahead. When we talk of the great hurdles that lie ahead, we're talking about the day that the angel of death is going to present himself. That which Quran tells us that this ruh and the soul is going to be taken out of the body. Then what is going to happen? Then we have to go into the qabr and the grave. What is going to happen in that grave? The questions of the graves that, lie, that lies ahead. The day of qiyamah which is coming. What is the reality of that day? To constantly visualize these things. We find that one great benefit of this is that it dissuades us from oppressing others and usurping the rights of others. And it becomes a very, very great means of us staying away from guna, from sin, from the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we are going to visualize. Allah's Rasul said, Keep remembering. Akthiru, abundantly. Abundantly remember, remind yourself of the crusher of all pleasures. In fact, in one great alim of the past, Ibn al-Jawzi, rahimahullah, there is one incident that is mentioned in his kitab which very aptly describes for us the benefit of visualizing the hurdles that lie ahead, of reminding ourselves of the hurdles that lie ahead. It's mentioned in his kitab, Rawdatul Muhibbin, that there was one woman in Makkah Mukarramah whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed with great beauty. One day she's admiring herself, looking in the mirror 
like women sometimes do, preening, looking from this side, looking from that side, in the presence of a husband. And all of a sudden, she passes a remark, admiring her own beauty. She asks her husband the question, Atara ahadan she said, do you think it is even possible? Do you think it is any, even possible that anyone will encounter this beauty, this face of mine, and will not become attracted to me, and will not become attracted to committing sin, will not fall into fitna? So her husband, without hesitation, he said, yes, there is someone. There is someone who will not be entrapped by your beauty. So she asked him, who are you referring to? So he referred to the great Abid and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, great alim of that time, Ubaid bin Umair rahimahullah. He said, Ubaid bin Umair will not be, will not fall into your trap. So she, in that conversation which had already started, in that she, she asked him the question, she said, do you give me permission to prove you wrong? So he said, go ahead. So she beautified herself. Ubaid bin Umair, rahimahullah, most of his time used to be spent in ibadat in the haram. So she approaches, obviously women of that time were not like the women of today. Even those that wanted to do guna or do getting up to mischief in public to be seen without parda was unheard of. So completely covered in hijab, she enters the haram. And she approaches Ubaid bin Umair as if she is someone who is asking some fatwa, some, some question, some shari'i question she is asking. And in that asking of the question, she slowly starts moving towards an isolated corner of the haram. Inadvertently, Ubaid bin Umair, in answering her, he also follows her without realizing that all of a sudden they are in an isolated corner. There is no one around. And immediately, when she senses the opportunity, فَأَسْفَرَتْ عَنْ وَجْهٍ مِثْلَ فِي الْقَتِ الْقَمَرِ She removes the veil from in front of her face and reveals a face. It comes in the kitab, مِثْلَ فِي الْقَتِ الْقَمَرِ Like a portion of the 14th full moon. Such beauty, such natural beauty this woman had. And revealing her beauty, the moment she did that, Ubaid bin Umayr rahimahullah's immediate reaction and response to her was istatiri, cover yourself. It is the command of Allah, cover yourself, and immediately he lowered his gaze. So she didn't leave it at that. She said, I, have, I am attracted to you, I have fallen in love with you, I want you to fulfill my passion, my desires. So when she said this, one is, my respected brothers, a person abstains from guna, he abstains from sin. The consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly there to the point that immediately he advocated and said to her that cover yourself up. But it goes beyond that. When we look at the lives of our Salafi Salihin, they, they not only stayed away from guna, they not only stayed away from sin, but they conducted themselves in such a manner that they encouraged others towards the obedience of Allah. This what we call mizaj of dawat. This temperament of, of propagating deen, making that effort that deen comes in the lives of others. And this is a very fine balance and line. You find nowadays, mashallah, people feel I've become very muttaqi, I've become very pious. 
rigidly I'm going to conform to Shariat, but we conform to Shariat in such a manner that we put other people off deen. That is not what we learn from the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah's Habib sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inni akhshakum lillah wa atqaakum lahu. There is no one who fears Allah more than me. There is no one on a higher level of taqwa than me. That is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yet, he practiced deen in such a way that he brought others closer to deen. There wasn't that shiddat. There wasn't that harshness in the mizaj and the temperament of Rasulullah sallallahu This woman is doing something completely wrong. She's trying to entrap a great abid, a great worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards haram, towards zina. And yet, Get away from here. What's wrong with you? You're a Jahannami. Cover yourself up. This is how you and I or the so-called muttaqi of today would react. But how does he react? That, oh sister, oh my sister, cover yourself. And she says, now I want you to commit zina, I want you to commit wrong. And this is a great abid, not astaghfirullah. Get away from here. No. He says, no problem. I will consider your invitation, but I have a few questions for you. I will consider what you are inviting me towards on condition, on condition that you answer a few questions that I want to pose to you and I, but my condition is that you must speak the truth. You must answer honestly whatever questions I put in front of you. Then only I am prepared to consider what you are inviting me towards. In other words, this mizaj of Dawud, not only practicing on deen himself, but making an effort to bring her onto deen also. Even though, whatever, even though it is abominable, we can't even contemplate the haram that she was inviting him towards. Yet he doesn't chase her away or anything. But he, in a beautiful manner, he conscientizes this woman, makes her realize how great and how harmful whatever she is inviting towards in the future is going to be, in the hurdles that lie ahead. Run out of time, inshallah, we'll continue.